Hey, we're back. Tech Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. As I do on this show often, I, I marvel at people's Zoom views, and I'm looking at this beautiful leather chair that Jason Howell's sitting in that I think this show needs a chair like that. Jason, that's what's up. And this is about a 15-year-old recliner, and uh, I have broken it in, and uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear it out. Well, it this is, is this is uh, my favorite chair. It is quality. my work chair. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, bud, let's let's uh, just jump right into things. Junior Day. What can you tell us? How was it? How how are things developing here for this little program? Uh, it, it went great. Um, you know, th- all three commitments showed up. Um, they were in town for a long weekend. Didn't just show up on Saturday. You know, they uh, they spent a lot of time. Uh, all three of them around the coaches, around the other recruits, and uh, you know, um, really laid help lay the groundwork of uh, you know what's what's to come in that twenty four class. Um, overall, is a is a like I said, it was a great weekend. No commitments, but none were really expected. Uh, you had you know top quarterback uh, prospect. Aaron Nolan in from Georgia, got in on Friday, stayed till Sunday, um, and spent a lot of time around a guy that he's very familiar with in DeBron Gatling, uh, who's been in his ear uh, as an A&M commit, trying to get him into the fold. Um, spent a lot of quality time with uh, Coach Petrino. Um, and, you know, really uh, it, a big thing for him was – having his mom in town with him. This was her first trip uh, to uh, College Station, so getting her in the environment. Uh, but, uh, you know, had linebackers, uh, several linebackers in town, uh, a, a, a lot of top prospects. And uh, overall, the the vibe, the, uh, the impression from talking to all the kids was, you know, just how genuine and real uh, the coaching staff was with them. Um, it was, uh, they felt like they got a lot of questions answered and, um, put A&M in a, in a great spot moving into the next few months. When these recruits come to town for something like this, is it a big deal that they stay the whole weekend or is it like, you know, that they, there's no, is there a plan for them to stay for like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or is it kind of up in the air depending on how they're doing? Well, the, uh, I mean, the junior day is typically a, uh, you know, it's a, one day event, you know, so they get around the coaches, get around the program, they get their tours that, you know, they, they meet with the coaches and, uh, you know, uh, they, they kind of get the sights and sounds and it can vary depending on, you know, how far someone's come, you know, and, um, but typically if a guy's staying the whole, you know, more than one day, it's because they're having a good time. So yeah, Absolutely. I know that they've had their eyes in the past on a couple of quarterbacks, but I feel like they're zeroing in on Aaron Nolan. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's a guy that came in um, with uh, – he came in for the LSU game with DeBron before DeBron had actually committed. And really, they, they, uh, they, he liked what he saw. Uh, he's, a, he's a big quarterback. He's athletic. He uh, just uh, they, he's a state championship cha- yeah, state champion won the uh, Georgia uh, Junior Player of the Year just recently. 
which is a very prestigious award that, you know, the likes of Cam Newton um, have, have won the award in the past. And uh, there's, there's a number of NFL players on that list. Uh, but, but air um, is a guy that, that Damian Craig and Bobby Petrino and, and those guys have really um, honed in on. And uh, he's definitely one to watch. He may not be, the guy, you know, necessarily, I'm not going to sit here and say that that's, that's it. You know, he hasn't committed, but he's definitely one they love a lot. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Hey, so speaking of Bobby Petrino, I know it's real early, right? You can't make a determination just yet, but how has he been on the recruiting trail? I've seen pictures. I feel like he's pretty active right now. Yeah, he's uh, he was in Arkansas recently, um, and he's been He's been mining those old stomping grounds of his over there in Arkansas uh, pretty extensively. He's been, it's a really good 2024 class in the natural state there. And, uh, you know, TJ Lindsay was in town uh, this last week. Um, they've, uh, they've, they've got a big offensive lineman that's from the Fort Smith area that's coming to town uh, this, uh, this weekend. And uh, Braylon Russell uh, out of Benton there in the Little Rock area. Is uh, is a big running back that uh, Coach Petrino's been on, former Razorback commitment, and uh, you know he'll be in town this uh, this next weekend as well. So he's been very active, not just with the quarterbacks, which he has been. They've extended uh, offers to uh, to a, about three or four guys since he's arrived, and. Um, yeah, he's uh he's hitting a trail. He's 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 definitely leaving an impression in this weekend. I know uh, not only Aaron Nolan, they had uh Noah Lugo in town from Hazlitt Eaton, who's uh you know uh he's got UNT and Rice and just picked up Sam Houston offers. Um you know, he met with with him as well and is just leaving a really strong impression uh on these guys. Talking ball and just getting to know these guys. Yeah, I wonder, and I'm not, I don't think we know the answer yet, but like what his pitch is now different. Like, like when people had questions about the AM offense before, I wonder what they counter with now when they're talking. I mean, he can just say, look at what I've done here, here, and here. And basically, I mean, he points to Lamar Jackson. He points to what he did at Arkansas. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, uh, I don't know if it's going to look exactly the same or what their plan is, but I can tell you this, his offensive pass speaks for itself. I had multiple, uh, you know, families reach out to me as soon as he was named uh, and they were very interested. So uh, he's a, he's a offensive guy that attracts attention. And I think uh, his reputation speaks for itself. Talking to Jason Howell here, it is recruiting country presented by Caprock health system, a faster patient centered revolution in care with two ERs and Brian College Station, the full-service hospital with ER in Brian on Briarcrest and online at caprockhealthsystem.com. Uh, All right, uh, Jason, let's you got to talk to a couple of these guys, right? Or I know the staff has yeah. been talking to these guys over the last uh, couple of days. So talk to me a little bit about how it's been received and what you learned during these conversations. The one thing I keep hearing, and we've heard it over the years, how genuine uh, and real uh, these uh, these coaches are. Uh, and not just the coaches, but the people around them, the staff, uh, the pe- the professors they get to meet, you know, different people around the university. Um, they, they talk about 
um, just how real and genuine the people are in College Station. And um, it, it, it continues to resonate. I know there's been, you know, uh, I think Peyton Pierce talked about um, how, you know, Jimbo answered a lot of questions. He had some concerns, uh, character and the character of those in the locker room is something that is a big factor on his list. And he wanted to know what the heck's going on mm -hmm. with the transfers. And uh, I think Zena Amosola said the same thing uh, that Jimbo just said, Hey, look, here's what's happening. Here's what we're doing. And this is, you know, this is, uh, you know, where we're at right now and where we're headed. And, um, you know, in Peyton's case, I know he uh, sat down with Torian uh, um, and um, and Damian and got a chance to meet some of those young linebackers and see the kind of character and the guys that uh, that are in the program and uh, left incredibly impressed. And um, yeah, um, it it's that kind of stuff that uh, that I'm continuing to hear, um, even with. Coach Santucci leaving. I, Peyton, I, Peyton was such a he's a he's a great interview. So he's one that always it's easy to come back to. But one thing he said to me was his dad asked him about Santucci leaving and you know how that impacted his view of AM. And he really liked Santucci. And he goes, Well, it made me realize that I really loved the, you know the university. I really love Texas A&M and they're a school that's going to be high on my list, uh, you know, even without Santucci. And, uh, and, and it's a program I, I continue to want to get to know. Jason, you get a sense because of the questions that the coaching staff has been getting that they are, I don't know if selective is the right word, but maybe they're doing a little bit more due diligence and checking into chemistry potential what could work, what couldn't, what may not work. And I don't know if you listened to Connor Wegman's uh, conversation with Billy where he talked about, like, we're all locked in. This is what we all, you know, we're all focused. You mm -hmm. think the, the staff is really trying to be at least selective on the kind of players that they put into this this program? Absolutely. Um, you, you know, you see it with the transfer portal. Uh, they didn't go after everybody even some of the guys that people were like oh man they, they need to pursue that guy they they need a linebacker or they need this and there's five you know five different targets that uh, they should be going after they were very um yeah they they selective is a uh, is a great term they uh, they were very careful about the kind of guys that they put into the program and and um yeah i think um I think that continues into 24. It's shown in the 23 class, uh, the the kind of characters those guys bring to the table. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a you know a valid uh, you know thought. Uh, it's definitely something that they're they're taking into consideration. Jason, let's talk a little bit about the uh, linebackers that were in town and what the obviously it's a glaring need for now depth wise, right? But this is future so you don't have to avoid it so it seems to be a heavy emphasis on making sure that that position is taken care of well and this weekend that's uh, something they did they brought in uh several guys that that are in that 24 and 25 class that uh that they value as high priority targets uh you had xavier atkins uh lsu commit just moved from louisiana to uh 
to the Houston area there. He's going to be at Summer Creek this fall. Um, he was blown away uh, by A&M. He'd visited before. He knew he wanted to get back, and he also knows that he wants to return. So, you know, um, he um, he's currently committed to LSU, but I'd say A&M has definitely made some headway and made a strong impression, and I expect him to be a player there. Anthony Smith out of Jasper uh, is a guy that's really rising up, um, you know, recruiting boards since the, the end of his junior year. Um, he, he was in town blown away again. Another one that, um, you know, A&M did a great job of, uh, you know, making headway with coming into this weekend, letting him know he's a priority and, and making sure he knows that regardless of who the coach is, uh, he's a guy that Jimbo wants on this team. Um, they had, they had Keelan Moses, the younger brother of, uh, Dylan Moses, um, and, uh, you had um, uh, Peyton Pierce come in from uh, Lucas Lovejoy, who I expect a to be very heavily involved with all, all four of those guys um, throughout this uh, throughout this twenty uh, throughout this recruiting process. Jason, what's the plan with the second junior day coming up? Well, uh, again, you you've got a loaded uh, group. You got Micah Hudson. You got Draylon Miller. You've got uh, I know I'm leaving off Kobe several, Black. but you got. Do I? Kobe Black, yeah. Derek McFall. Kobe Black. Yeah, you got a, a really strong group of, of guys that the, the staff has zeroed in on and, you know, are, are making, uh, you know, priority type prospects. And uh, then you got some 25s there as well. Tiger Ryden, who's got several SEC offers already as a sophomore. Uh, you've got... Uh, you know, uh, Josh Moses out of the Houston area, offensive lineman already holding an offer, um, and 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 quite a few others. So uh, I wouldn't expect a whole lot of commitments. I mean, you never say never with junior days, but right. um, yeah, you. Uh, I, I expect for this to be another event where they lay some really uh, good groundwork and and just kind of let let these guys know what's going on around Aggieland. Jason, does it feel at all, and it's maybe way too early to tell a difference, but any different than the strategy maybe a year ago right around the same time? Or does it feel like, hey, they're, they're going to talk to the top names that they can get and move on? Well, I think they're going to uh, – they've, they've got some guys already they're, they're honed in on. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily different, but uh, they are making uh, some very strong headway with, with quite a few. They've got – Three guys already in the boat. Uh, you, you, offensive line and defensive line are, uh, you know, very much a need. Skill player. I mean, everybody was talking about how A and M didn't have a a skill position commitment until December, um, and uh, they DeBron Gatling gets it started there early. Um, you got uh, a guy like Aaron Olin that you're looking at at quarterback. You know, you start to see some of these dominoes fall. Uh, and and I think the class will come together pretty pretty well. All right, let's hit a break here. We'll come back with more from uh, Jason Howell. If you want to ask a question to Jason, all you have to do is text the A and B text line, 979-693-1150, 979-693-1150. You're listening to Tech Sags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. All right, we are back. It is Tech Sags Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. And it is Recruiting Country with uh, Jason Howell. And this is presented by 
Caprock Health System. Uh, you know about the two locations in College Station and Bryan. Go check them out. They're the place to go. All right, Jason. Uh, Jimbo getting a little busy with uh, his recruiting as well. We talked about Bobby Petrino, but I think I read Jimbo might be uh, touring the, the Metroplex here at some point. Well, he was up uh, there this, uh, I guess, Monday. He uh, he made a couple couple trips, uh, dropped in to Allen, saw, saw Zena and Davon Mitchell. Um, he was uh, over by Melissa to see Nigel Smith and uh, also stopped in to Lucas Lovejoy to see uh, Mr. Peyton Pierce. Um, so, yeah, he's been getting after it. Um, and those three, those three schools, I mean, you can, those are a stone throw away from each other. So, uh, a lot of talent in all of those schools, not just those kids I mentioned, but, uh, definitely, uh, definitely some guys that, uh, Jimbo was, was on, on the trail to see. When, you know, you talked earlier about how genuine this current staff is, the staff, and obviously it starts at the top with, with Jimbo. Is that the sense you get from these younger players when they meet Jimbo, just how, you know, nice and down to earth. I know he coaches you hard, right? There's, there's, that part is no secret, but the, just the kind of yeah. guy he is with them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something you hear, like, he's going to tell you the truth. <laughs> Genuine doesn't necessarily mean nice all the time. <laughs> so he, uh, he tells them like it is, you know, Hey, I'm going to coach you hard. We're going to do a lot of work and uh, you know, this is how I see you fitting in. And this is what, we can do for you at AM and this is why we love you, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, that resonates with a, with a lot of, a lot of people. They want the real, they want to hear, okay, yeah, here's some things that have not gone our way. This is why it didn't go our way. And this is what we're doing to get to the next, next step. So, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely something I've heard, over and over again from uh, from all these guys as I do these interviews. Tying up this last uh, recruiting class, uh, Raymond Cottrell does enroll, um, and then Samu made it official yesterday. Just talk about those two a little bit and how we can kind of now move on. Yeah, I mean, getting Cottrell in for spring, uh, absolutely huge. He's a guy on the outside that can move the chains, and uh, and, and he can also be a little big big play threat for you out there as well. Uh, played, uh, you know, all over the field there at Milton in Florida uh, and uh, a high priority guy for a number of SEC programs was a long time commit to Georgia. Um, but uh, yeah, with with receiver depth uh, being what it is, I mean, getting him in and getting him in the rotation. Um, obviously, that's a that's a big thing, um, you know, and it allows him it gives him the the chance to uh, or more of a chance to to be a factor in the fall. Uh, and uh, then with Samu, I don't know if you saw Ryan's video that he posted after after he signed. And my goodness, that that dude is just—he's massive, and the way he moves um, is just is just incredible. He's a different type of defensive lineman than uh, what the Aggies have currently on the roster. He's that true nose, that guy that hey, you need a rock in the middle that can uh, he's. He's like a moving refrigerator in there in the middle of the defense. He can he can get after you and just uh, and uh, and also clog it up in the middle there. Yeah. Hey. So second signing day. How far out are we? What are we talking about? February what? Well, it's uh, the first Wednesday in February. So next Wednesday. Okay. Um, what is that? Is that the first? Um, I think. But, um, 
Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's not looking like uh, A&M's going to be adding to uh, the high school class. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, like what they've already what they've already brought in, and uh, I think through the portal, you probably see some additions over the next you know few months uh, with grad transfers being able to transfer uh, or announce um, whenever and uh, then you have the May the May window so um, yeah it's it's interesting because I'm trying to remember at the second signing day last year what were still some things that were in play right around now Shamar Stewart was a big one yeah and that was a big one uh, there was a little bit of drama uh, surrounding that one but um, yeah, Shamar Stewart was the big one. He he'd been a long time lean towards AM. Uh Miami was coming on strong there. But um yeah, he made it official last year on on February signing day. And um trying to think. Let LT Overton wasn't really um talked about much. It was I wanna say towards the end of um well, it was towards the end of January that it became he was going to uh, reclassify, and um, then you had uh, I think Jacoby Matthews. He was another big one uh, that didn't sign in um, in in December, and uh, was a was a February guy. So those those two really jumped to mind when I think about last year. And uh, of course, you had the Harold Perkins stuff we were all watching that uh, obviously went the other way. Jason, is there anything new in the transfer portal that you can share? I know there was a, you know, speculation that potentially some Ole Miss guys could be visiting, and and that was put on hold. And now there are some other things potentially in the works that could help aid that. Maybe not. Uh, anything out there? Right now, I'm not hearing a whole lot. I think a lot of that's going to be, you know, kind of spotty. Doesn't sound right, but it's going to be more sporadic. You know, you, like I said, the May window after spring is probably going to be the next most active period. You may hear a few names pop up here and there that are grad grad guys that uh, that uh, you know could uh, become options in between during that time. But uh, for now, it looks like you know they're they're pretty much closed uh, for business um, in this this January window, and uh, you know it's uh, time to get ready for spring ball. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jason. Appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you very much. Always. All right, Jason Howell there. Recruiting Country brought to you by Caprock Health System. Appreciate his insight as always. Right now we're talking Caldwell Country Chevrolet Highway 21 in Caldwell and online at CaldwellCountryChevrolet.com. They've got deals. They've got good service. They've got good people there. Zach Hester is the dude. Loves A&M Athletics, obviously. Uh, they are locally owned and are operated by Aggie alumni because they just love this community, and uh, especially when it comes to Aggie sports. I uh, I know that uh, Zach loves Aggie football, basketball, baseball, golf, you name it. He's heavily involved in it and loving it. And that's why uh, many athletes who go on to do whatever, be an accountant, be a uh, head coach, whatever it may be, have all bought their vehicles there from uh, Zach Hester at Caldwell Country Chevrolet. R.C. Slocum only buys his cars from there. Billy has bought his cars from there. Dante Hall has bought vehicles from there. I bought them. So that's just a little bit of the guest list that they have that buy cars from there. 
and uh, the experience is top notch. You know that Zach wants to take care of you and everything in your car buying experience and the complimentary pickup for service customers. It just goes on and on. It's a very unique kind of place that, yeah, it's not like right here in Bryan College Station. It's not far, though. 15-minute drive, Bryan College. Well, short conversation away. You'll see the difference when you step on the lot and do business with Zach and the fellows there at Caldwell Country Chevrolet. Highway 21 in Caldwell, online, caldwellcountrychevrolet.com. Oh, wait, I know that voice. Finish typing, uh, Sean. I know that voice. Is that Perry Farrell, Jane's Addiction? Well, yeah, he just said There you go. All right. Took me a minute. Sorry for being late. TechSags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. I think uh, Logan probably knew it was Jane's Addiction right away. Logan, good morning, sir. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I love how you started that. Can somebody please help me out here? (laughs) Well... I don't know about you, but they weren't playing a lot of uh, Jane's Addiction at the basketball court where I was growing up, but I was very familiar with Jane's Addiction. Yeah, no, that, that wasn't getting played at any of the basketball courts where I was. Yeah, no. Um, hey, man, so let's, let's talk about a big one tonight against Auburn. Really big one. Really big one. This is a, uh, uh, a game that could catapult the Aggies into uh, more of the national spotlight into legit talks of um, March Madness and, and where they're going to end up um, keeps them in the running at, at the top of the SEC uh, in, in regards to, to their record so far. Um, this is this is a big game on the road at a top fifteen school night game. They 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 can make some noise if if A and M comes in and plays strong and gets a win. Yeah, it's it's look. They're right now in that little stretch that we talked about for quite a while. Uh, I, I'm starting to think Kentucky's a really good team, man. Like I know that they struggled, and like we we looked at it as an opportunity, but I don't know, man. They're they're they're, they're arrows pointing up. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and and here's the thing, and we knew and we knew going into it uh, at Kentucky at Auburn, this stretch was going to to kind of identify where A&M is at and, and what level they are and, and where they could be. And I think, although it was a loss in Rupp Arena, um, on the, in the record books, I think A&M played well. They, they didn't play great, uh, but, but they played well at times. I think they, they found that they could hold Oscar Shibway, uh for, gosh, almost 25 minutes of the game. Uh, and 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 keep him intact. Now they have to go on and and look at that film and see what what they can do better and where they can improve. And uh, I think you'll see more of an improvement against Auburn tonight. Even though uh, ranking wise, Auburn is a better team. I, I think you'll see a better A and M, a better A and M performance tonight. Is that maybe partially because of matchup as well? Yeah, for sure. So I I, I think uh, it, it, this is. This is going to be a game of of strengths and weaknesses when it comes to uh, the way that they line up. Uh, Auburn does not shoot the three point ball well uh, at all. There, as a team, I think they're at below thirty percent from from behind the arc. A and M likes to to force teams into tough three point shots, and so that could play well. If you if you go back to last season uh, in the conference uh, tournament, A and M won because. Auburn couldn't hit a, couldn't hit a three to save their lives. Uh, I think they were, I think they jacked up something like 30, 35 threes uh, in, in that game and only and only made like 
seven, eight, nine of them, whatever it was. Uh, and A&M's defense forced that. And if they can do a replication of that, um, along with Auburn, at times has, has turned the ball over. And, and A&M, again, that's their strength. They like to turn them, they, they like to turn the opponents over. And so uh, if A&M can really hone in on what they do and, and they take advantage of their strength, Obviously, that's what you want to do in every single game. But the way that the the two teams match up tonight, it it, it really bodes well for for A and M. I think I'm saying this right, but A and M has pretty much won every first half they've played in in the SEC. Um, and Auburn is a really good second half team. So, what has to happen for A and M to have two halves and, and not Auburn? You know, it, it it it's the same thing as as the Florida game. Uh, Florida scored 12 points in the first half at, at Reed, uh, and then they scored 40 points in the second half. Um, A&M was able to hang on because because of their defensive prowess and then their effort and intensity. Uh, I think you will see you will see something along those lines. You're not going to see Auburn go two of 26 from the field in the first half. You're not going to see them score only 12 points in the first half. Uh, but I don't think you're also going to see them scoring 40 points in each half because of the way that both teams play defense. Um, both teams are, are very defensive-minded. They're very aggressive on defense. However, I think A&M plays a more disciplined, more team-focused defense, whereas Auburn goes out there and they try to use their athleticism and uh, the fact that they can anticipate plays. It, it's not very fundamental, but it is all over the place, and it is, it is uh, sporadic at times. And so it's Two teams that that rely on defense, but in a very different way. Talking to Logan Lee here on Texas Radio. A&M basketball takes on Auburn later on tonight. It'll be a big one for them. Let's go back to Kentucky for a little bit and just kind of examine a couple things. Something I did not talk about, but I noticed in your notes about uh, how Kentucky did defeat the three-quarter court pressure that A&M was bringing. What were they doing uh, to beat it? They were attacking. They didn't just get across the half court the half court line and then try to set something up. They did that for, for a little while. And then all of a sudden Antonio Reeves realized, Hey, as soon as I get the ball and I'm at the 28 foot mark, it's, it's basically a three on two at that point. And he started pushing the ball. He hit a couple of floaters. He got in the paint, made a couple of, maybe made a couple of kickouts to the three point line. And all of a sudden it opened everything up for Kentucky, which, which opened them up for the win, uh, ultimately in, in the second half. Um, I had been asking about that, uh, when it comes to opponents, for example, Missouri, A&M was pressing and it felt like all they were trying to do was defeat the press to get across half court and not attack the rim. And my question was, what happens? How does A&M defend the the ball when a team decides to continuously attack and not just be satisfied by getting across half court. Uh, I think that'll be one of the adjustments that you see because A&M is going to throw out their three-quarter court press at, at some point against Auburn. And if they continue to attack and attack the paint and the rim, how does A&M adjust? What do they do to in, in their rotation to, to fix that hole? Talking to Logan Lee here on Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. A little basketball conversation as we get closer to this real big stretch for AM basketball. We're in the middle of it, I should say. All right, man. So it was old news, but it's still, I think, a storyline. Oscar versus Julius, just uh, the the matchup that it was, and 
Uh, we had Dr. John Thornton afterwards here on the show yesterday, and he mentioned how Henry, and I think he even mentioned Julius, they all kind of dabbed it up with Oscar. But just to talk about how that physical battle uh, took place this past weekend. I loved it. I thought it was the most physical game both in, on the inside and on the perimeter that A&M has played, and I, I like them playing physical. They aren't necessarily a physically – uh, they don't look like a physically op- uh, opposing team, but they play tough and they play hard and they play aggressive. Um, let's go. Let's go back to the little uh, squirmish, if you if you want to call it, between Julius and and Oscar Sheebway. You know, I think the only reason that they did anything with Oscar with with a flagrant foul is because they had to go back and look at it. I guarantee you. Right. The refs saw that when it was happening, but they also saw Julius Marble holding him, and they knew that that little backhand really wasn't much. It was more of a get off me. I'm I'm, I'm tired of you holding me. And so they were letting right. it play. But then when you go back to the review, and you see that on the review, you have to call it because it is it is direct contact above the shoulders, and it was on purpose. I mean he he flat out looked at him. He saw where he was, and then he made contact. It wasn't anything big. Um, you can see the push from Marvel down low that, that occurred after that. That wasn't malicious. It was just a back-and-forth type thing. But after that point, no one backed down. No one played timid. They weren't worried about the officiating. They weren't worried about the, the, the other team, and that's what I like. I like the fact that they were, they were still playing aggressive. They didn't lose any foothold. They, they didn't back down. They went harder, and... and when you have a team that plays aggressive, gets called out, something, for lack of better words, bad happens in the game, they didn't stop. They just pushed their foot on the gas and they pressed, and, and they pressed down and they kept going. And that's what you need. That, that's what you need from a team uh, is, is someone or a group of guys that rally around something and they go harder and they push better and then and they, they keep going because that's going to happen. That, that, that's I guarantee you that something bad is going to happen tonight at Auburn. They're on the road. It's an 8 o'clock game. They have, Auburn has great fans. They're going to find themselves in a difficult situation, and they're going to rally around it, and they're going to push through it, and they're, they're going to have each other's backs, and that's what I like about this a team. Logan, what about the issues getting the offensive rebounds, turning the ball over more than the opponent, at least against Kentucky, something we don't normally see from A&M? Um, is that something as the competition gets a little bit, you know, better that AM has to watch out for? Do you find it just to be one night? Because for all season long, they they were really good. Even when they, you know, in the games that they've lost, it's been more because the other teams have been able to hit shots and their defense wasn't in sync. But they haven't been out rebounding like that in a long time. I mean, they also haven't played the the reigning national player of the year in the post in, in Oscar Sheway, who would have been the number one pick in the draft last season, but. Um, decided to come back for, for one reason or another. Um, and that, I mean, Sheway was coming off 37 points and 24 rebounds. Uh, I don't even think he hit double-figure scoring against the Aggies, and uh, he didn't grab his rebounds until 10 minutes left in the game when a light came on in his head. And for a four- or five-minute stretch, a&M, A&M couldn't do anything to stop him. He, he grabbed all the rebounds. He grabbed offensive rebounds. He grabbed defensive rebounds. Even when he was just going for the ball, and I, I'm, I would assume that you remember it, he, he's tipping the ball up and it just goes in the basket. That's what he was doing. And um, 
that's going to happen when you play a guy like Hebe. Uh However, I do think that games will get tougher. Uh, scouting reports will, will get more detailed. Uh, teams will figure out A&M. They're going to have to make some adjustments. But along with that, they're playing better teams. They're playing uh, longer, taller, bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic teams, and that's going to happen. You, you're going to see that against uh, Auburn. You're going to see that against Arkansas. You're going to see that against Alabama. Those teams are, are, are better, and, and they're, you're, it, it's just going to happen. And so A&M is going to have to adjust, continuously adjust. I mean, that's, that's the name of the game across the entire season is who can adjust the best at this point. Teams are who they are. How do you find a way to take away the other team's strength? And, and I have confidence in, in Buzz and his staff because uh, they, they've shown it every single year. Throughout the year, as the second half of the season comes, Buzz's teams get better. And, and there's no reason to say that Ain is not going to continue to get better this year. Yeah. Hey, so we just had a stat. You know, um, Nick is throwing up some stats out there. Henry Coleman... Dexter Dennis and uh, Wade Taylor; those three guys did not have their best game. But I want to I want to focus in at least on Wade. He's been in a little bit of a funk right now. How important is it for him to jump out of that and, and start being the way that uh, we know he can be erratic? But when he's effective, he's super effective. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think I haven't liked his shot selection, and and to be honest, even when even when he's scoring twenty points a game, there's still a handful of shots that I'm like, whoa. Slow down, take take your time, and 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 pass the ball, get it back, and then take that shot. Not that it was necessarily a bad shot that that he that he takes. It's the timing of it. He could take that shot at any point in the shot clock. He doesn't have to take it with 17 seconds on uh, on the shot clock still. So uh, if if he can if he can have a better shot selection, maybe a little more patience to it, and and let the game come to him, he's going to make shots. Right now, I feel like he's he's fretting about it a little. He's 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 rushing it a little. I don't think he's a guy that's, that's ever going to lose confidence. He's going to continue to shoot, and as soon as he makes a couple of them, they're they're gonna they're gonna start falling again. He's just got to see the ball go through the hoop. So if he can make one or two shots early in the game, it could be a really good game against Auburn for for him individually and for the Aggies. All right, one more on that. How about uh, Henry? They got to get Henry going as well. Henry, he's 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 just been in foul trouble. Uh, I don't I don't know what the case has been for him. Um, they, if he can get in the rhythm of the game, I think he'll be okay. But he hasn't been able to get into a rhythm. He, he's he's picked up a couple of quick fouls here and there, whether it's the first half or the second half, uh, and he's had to sit on the bench. And if he can just get a, rattle off a four or five minutes at a time, take a little break, take four or five minutes again, I, I think he'll get in a routine and he'll be he'll be okay. I'm not too 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 terribly worried about any of these players. I, I think they're all in a good headspace. I think they all uh, they they take care of each other. They they support each other. And so right now, just because they've had a couple of bad games or a couple of off games, not even bad games, just just not up to par. Uh, I'm I'm not worried about it. Logan, what's the key for tonight? I think the key for tonight is is. A&M plays their defensive principles, forces Auburn to take long shots, um, and, and, and then they have to go chase down the rebounds, um, and then turnovers. Uh, both teams, uh, as of late, have turned the ball over a handful of times more than usual. Uh, and so if, if A&M can force long shots, track down those rebounds, and, and turn them over, uh, I think they'll be good. 
That is Logan Lee. Logan, you'll be here uh, in tomorrow, but Bronny will be in my chair. So uh, enjoy that conversation with Tap and Bronny. Sounds like a plan. All right, bro. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Junior. Thanks. Thank you. Logan Lee there on the hotline. All right, when we come back here on Tech Sags Radio, one final segment, one final thought, maybe a text message or two on the AMB text line. You're listening to Tech Sags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. All right, Tech Sags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Nick, last week we had Dennis Dodd on the show. I like Dennis. Um, he, he does good work for CBS Sports. He has a... Uh, column out. This is 12 college football teams that can crack the top 25 and make some noise in 2023. Now, I've said several times on this show, I don't care about opinions right now in January because I don't even have one, really. Um, Do I think they can be a top 25 team next year? Yeah, of course I do. Do I think they're a top 10 team? I don't know. I'd like to see it. I don't know. I I just don't know enough. I don't. I want to see it. I'm I'm still in that wait and see mode. Yeah. But he said this. He had the Aggies as one of the five teams that he thinks are going to have a bounce back season. And, you know, we're, we're always asking for positive pub or wondering why, you know, Tom Hart hates Aggies. Uh, this media guy hates Aggies, yada, yada, yada. There is good stuff that is out there. So I'll, I'll read you a little bit of this from Dennis Dodd. Let me know what you think about this. Okay, Nick. let's get it. The Aggies always seem to win the offseason. That's kind of a shot. But he, he's, he's not wrong. So why not continue now? Jimbo Fisher lost 25 players in the transfer portal, including 18 blue chippers. Seven of those are members of the number one ranked class in 2022. But the Aggies can't be 5-7 and seven bad again, can they? They settled in at quarterback with Connor Wigman. Whiteout Anaya Smith is back from injury but still has time to declare for the draft. Just rebounding from the injuries that impacted 2022 might be enough for an 8-4 and four season. The addition of Bobby Petrino and an offense coordinator will be a sideshow in itself. If the Aggies don't improve significantly from five wins, Jimbo's monster buyout might not matter. I hope it's more than eight wins. Yeah, buddy. I was about to say that's that's what caught my attention. He said they can bounce back to an eight and a four season. Yeah, I'm with you there. I hope it's a. I hope they double their wins from last season. That to me would be a great bounce back season. But hey, um, I would love for them to have nine wins before the bowl game. Uh, I want yeah. them to win 11, 12. I, I'm I mean, right there with you. You know, like, but if they can be a nine-win team next season, it's not what I want. I wanted next year to be like that year, but yeah. I'll gladly take a nine-win season before the bowl game. I'm right there with you. I completely agree. See, that's why you got hired, because you agree with me so often. Just kidding. Thank you, Nick. Yes, sir. All right, Anna Rosa, great job. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate N- it. Nick, great job. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Sean, you can't talk, but Sean, great job behind the glass or at the mothership, whatever. You know who you are. Uh, Thank you to everybody for uh, watching, participating, all of our great guests here on the program, Olin Buchanan, Jason Howell, John Harris, Logan Lee, Chris Taylor. Tomorrow on the show, Bronny is going to be hosting. Billy is calling in tomorrow. I think we got the fan show. We got Logan and Tap tomorrow. Should be fun. I'll be back on Tuesday, but I'll be keeping tabs and seeing what these guys do with the show. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you manana. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.